Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Come on, I'm so glad you're here today in our starting our second week of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. You say, Ryan, I didn't know we were fasting. It's okay, you can start today. Say, Ryan, I don't know what to fast. Well, try, uh, try starting by maybe it's a, a lunch uh, during, during the week, or maybe it's one less coffee, or maybe you're going to uh, fast food for seven days, or maybe you're just going to say, you know what, I'm going to jump off social media and not watch TV for a couple of days. Um, whatever that might be for you, I encourage you, try out fasting. I want to encourage you to test God in this environment that if you take some time and you focus your life in on the Lord and just take a little sacrifice, you watch what God does. You watch how God ministers to your heart and ministers to your life. You don't need to be religious about it. You don't need to be weird about it, you know. But if the Lord prompts on your heart, hey, I want you to maybe not eat a meal or drop a coffee off. Or maybe I want you to watch less TV during this season. Take some time to press into the presence of the Lord in this season. And let's believe that God is going to do something great in your midst this year. Amen. I also want to just remind you about something super exciting uh, our five-year celebration is coming up on February 5th and 6th, and we're only doing one service um, on, the, uh, on, the fit, on Saturday the 5th. And so uh, because of, you know, we're, we're going to try to pack this room out within, you know, uh, obviously be aware of all the different regulations and things like that as best we can. Uh, but right now, I want you to sign up. If you call Love Study Church your home, this is, um, as your pastor, I'm encouraging you and asking you, to make that Saturday night a priority. Here's why. It'll be our first time in five years we will set in our first local elders. Come on, we're transitioning our existing elders off of the team who've been outside. Now we're having our first internal elders, so we're doing some ministry over them. But not only that, it'll be our first weekend of prophetic ministry we've had. And so we're having these guests come in, uh, Daryl uh, uh, Corbin and Brett Esslinger. Uh, Daryl Corbin pastors a church of about five or 6,000 down in Portland, Oregon. Uh, it's uh, the church that my great-uncle founded uh, 60 years ago. Uh, Brett Esslinger pastors uh, a church that used to be called Weka West Edmonton Pentecostal. Now it's called Saints Church, and they're going to come, and they're going to minister. They're going to prophesy. They're going to encourage us, and I want to encourage you to come out and uh, be a part of what God's going to do on that weekend. It's going to be a momentous weekend. It's going to be a powerful weekend, and I don't want you to miss out on it. So please sign up online, and then on that Sunday, we're going to have great services. Pastor Daryl is going to uh, preach, and he's a, an incredible preacher, so you are in for a great treat on that weekend. So all right, well, we're going to get into our, our, uh, our sermon today, uh, our message called First. It'll be our second week, second week on First. And uh, what we're going to do is I just felt like the Lord, I, I had so many different directions I wanted to go. To be, the, the, the purpose of this series in, in its original form was to teach on worship. We're going to do another worship series this year. Uh, and so this is about worship, but I just really felt as I meditated on Matthew chapter 6, the Lord said, Ryan, I want you just to... I want you to teach uh, the people what I'm trying to say in this specific text. And I want you to show them, I want you to reveal to them what life looks like when you pursue God first. And so as we look through the scripture, we're going to uh, open your Bibles, your phones if you want. It's always on the screen, but I encourage you, if you've got a Bible in the room, open up to Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to read this scripture together. And then we're just going to give a little bit of a commentary through it. We're going to walk a little bit through it. I'm just going to give you three things from this text 
maybe you're here today and you feel like maybe um, God's kingdom or God isn't first in your life right now. Or maybe you find that you tend to stray. And I want to just, I believe the Lord wants to give us these three things just in this next uh, 14 days to get ourselves back on track, God being first in our lives. And so let's open our Bibles, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. I have it on the screen as well. Hi, Joel. Matthew chapter 6. Let's give Joel a hand for all he does. Joel was here all week working on the lights, and then the lights didn't work today. Come on, that's frustrating. So if you see Joel, give him a good old pat on the back and say, you're doing a great job. It's okay, Joel. He's got a little sweat coming down his face. All right, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Let's read it together. That is why I tell you, this is Jesus talking. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink, enough clothes to wear. It isn't, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Why do you have so little faith, Jesus says? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? And what will we drink? And what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of those who don't believe in God. But your heavenly Father already knows all you need. So seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God first and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Now we see in this verse that Jesus is identifying two kingdoms. He's identifying obviously the kingdom of God, but he's also talking about the kingdom of the everyday, the kingdom of tomorrow, the, the kingdom of this earth. And it's very important you recognize in this verse that Jesus is not saying that the, that the kingdom of the everyday or the kingdom of tomorrow or the kingdom of the earth is bad. He's not insinuating that, that you and I um, should not regard uh, life, that we shouldn't care about our future, that we shouldn't be concerned about our children, that we shouldn't worry about our, our health, that we shouldn't be concerned about financial um, uh, you know, security for our future, that we shouldn't worry about whether we're our jobs. or our He's not insinuating that those things don't matter or we shouldn't have a care or a stewardship over those things. Jesus is not prescribing an irresponsible, happy-go-lucky optimism or a fatalistic acceptance of the status quo. Jesus is not saying, just completely forget about your life and only focus on God. I, I don't think that's wise. That's not stewardship. That's not wisdom. You need to get up and you need to mow your lawn and you need to pay your bills. And, you know, Jesus isn't going to write that check for you. He's not going to sign you up for uh, your, your giving at your electric bill. And, you know, he's not going to discipline your children when they're out of line. And he's not going to go grocery shopping for you. There are things that we have to do. And so I want you to hear me today. I am not in this scripture is not insinuating that radical Christianity means that we should abandon all life, that we shouldn't live in this world and be normal people and go, you know, watch TV and, you know, go watch our kids sports and go ice skating and celebrate Christmas and, you know, have nice things. And God, Jesus is not insinuating that those things are bad. But what he is saying here is that he is identifying uh, something that is often a challenge for followers of God and for believers that if we allow ourselves to focus too much and to get too focused on worry or anxiety about the everyday things of life or tomorrow, that it can become our primary focus and our primary aim. And there is an ungodly result 
when you and I allow worry and concern about today and about tomorrow, there is an ungodly uh, result that will happen in your life. And it is this terrible word called worry. We worry. We are anxious. Now, why are we worried about today? Why are we worried about tomorrow? What is the thought process behind worry? What is the thought process behind concern? Well, I want to make sure that I provide for my family. I want to make sure that my, my children are safe. I want to make sure that my future is secure. I want to make sure that, 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 that I've, I've got control of the situation. I want to make sure that if I can figure out how this is all going to work, everything is going to be okay. If I can figure out how to position myself in a certain amount of years, then everything by the time I get to a certain age is going to be all right. If I can just protect my children enough from the, 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 the challenges and the evils of school, or if I can protect my family from sickness, or if I can protect, if I can just make sure that I am concerned enough about these things, then I can have enough control and my family will be okay and I will be okay and everything will be okay. But Jesus says that that type of thinking doesn't even add one moment to your life. So my desire to make life better actually doesn't enhance my life. It detracts from my life. Anxiety and worry causes this, this, this actual physical, mental step back in our life. There's a, a decrease in our existence. There's a stepping back. It's not an advancement of God's kingdom. It's a stepping back of God's kingdom. And that's why he says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Will it enhance your life? Will it help your life? It doesn't extend your life. These worries and these concerns, they do not help you. Do you know that the word worry in this scripture actually means distractions? The word actually means to divide up into a bunch of little pieces, to be drawn in multiple directions. It means to be agitated in your mind or your emotions. A distraction is a thing that prevents someone from giving their full attention to something or someone. A distraction is when you're focused on what matters. And this happens to me when I study. The studies show that if you are a person like me, that if you are distracted for, uh, uh, you know, when you're studying a sermon, it takes me 17 minutes to get back on track. My mind is built in a way that most distraction causes a, 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 a when we are focused on something and we are distracted, it takes us a bit in our mental capacity to come back to where we were before. It takes effort. It takes work. And it, sometimes I just find I can't even study anymore. I just got to go for a walk because I've just got derailed. I don't know if you were like me where it's like, man, I just got to stay focused See, what distraction does is it takes us away from what our focus is on. It divides up our attention so that now our mind is on multiple, multiple things. And actually, Jesus uses this word worry multiple times in the Gospels. In, in, in Matthew chapter 13, he's talking about casting the seed. He's telling the parable of the farmer who cast the seed on the soil. And there were four different soils. And each of these soils, three of them did not produce any fruit. Three of them didn't produce any fruit. And he uses one of these examples in Matthew 13, verse 22. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries, same word, cares, 
and concerns of this life. Interesting how in Matthew chapter 6, just before this, Jesus is talking about wealth, and now he's saying it again, the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced, that what anxiety or concern about today or your desire to control tomorrow, all it does is choke out God's message out of your life. It actually, the, the, the word means like the same word is used when Jesus was walking through uh, the crowd of people and the Bible says that the people pressed up against him. There were so many people there. And he said, who touched me? He said, Jesus, all these people are pressing up against you. That's the same picture, that these concerns and these cares of this world about my finances, about tomorrow, about my health, and am I going to make it? Am I going to do? Well, all the different concerns that we have, we think about those things. And what happens is they press in on God's kingdom in our life. They press in on God's word in our life. They press in on God's truth in our life. And what happens is it literally chokes out the message of God in your life causes there to be a distraction, and it chokes this out. And see, this is why Jesus is saying what he's saying. Because he knew that you and I have the potential. Now, I want you to hear me today. There's not a single person in this room that is so spiritual and so godly that this is not possible for you. You need to understand that. One of the greatest ways to seek breakthrough in your life is to be the person who acknowledges, I need God all the time. The moment we get to the place and say, well, it's not an issue for me. I'm just warning you. Pride comes before the fall. So we have to stop and say, God, that's why Jesus is telling his disciples this, because every single one of us has the potential to allow the concerns and the anxieties of our life take first place in our life. And when it does, it chokes out faith. It chokes out God's word. It chokes out our, the promises of God. It chokes out our desire to serve the Lord. I see it time and time and time again. People get on track for God. They're going forward in God. They're moving forward in God. And then an unexpected bill comes along and they get worried. Or a relationship or an opportunity comes along that's going to take them away from the purposes of God. And they like the opportunity or the relationship more than God's kingdom. And so we get choked out. The word of God gets choked out of our life. So then we find ourselves back and we say, what's gone on in our life? Why are my life not focused on these things? And we have to recognize that this, Jesus identifies that this is how those who don't believe in God, this kind of, look, at it dominates their thinking. I want to challenge you today. If the concerns and worries of life dominate your mind, you lack faith in God. Now, I don't mean that to discourage you or mean that to reprimand you. I'm just saying a sign of a lack of faith in God is when worry and concern about today and tomorrow dominates my mind. Jesus says this is how people who don't believe in God think. These are the things that they seek. That's what that word means. The domination of thoughts means that they, these are the things that are their attentions focused on. A kingdom of worry about today and what's going to happen today or worry about tomorrow and what's going to happen tomorrow. This is the kingdom that they seek. And Jesus actually used this sobering sentence that I didn't want to read, but I really felt the Holy Spirit tell me to re read this verse. In Luke, he's, it's a sobering sentence, a, a sobering verse. Look what he says in Luke chapter 21. Watch out. Don't let my sudden coming catch you unawares. Don't let me find you living in careless ease, carousing and drinking. So he talks about drinking and carousing. And then he switches over to and occupied with the problems. This word problems is the word worry or concern, just like in Matthew 6. And occupied with the problems of this life like all the rest of the world. 
So he says, don't let me come back and catch you just living uh, like a frivolous life for yourself. He goes, and, and also, don't let me come back and find you being led and dominated by the concerns and the anxieties and the cares of this world. That's how the rest of the world thinks. That's how people who don't believe in God think. That's how people who don't understand Jehovah Jireh and the living God and have, those, that's what people who haven't experienced the salvation of God and the transformation of God and seen the faithfulness of God in their life. That's the type of thinking of people who've never experienced Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. But you have, so you can't let this dominate your thinking. We have to put, seek first the kingdom of God. He says here in this verse, he gives us a few things that I, I wanted to pull out. And I, I just, I wanted to stick with the same kind of letter. So I, I wanted to use something you could remember, hopefully. Three, three things I, I just feel like I identified in this verse to help you. If you're here today and those things are dominating your thinking because you say, well, man, I want anyone to know. Listen, everyone in the room could have a little powwow and, you know, a little support group about how we all do this. So I don't care who you are today, how much you're fasting, if you're fasting food for the next 72 days, you're still going to be dominated by these worries. So I felt like Jesus here gave us just some three practical things, three G's, as I can call it, it's old, old technology, but it's okay. Um, three G's to help us just kind of understand and remember, when I get to that point where they're dominating my mind, how do I come back? How do I come back from that? First thing is this, it says you need to go back. You need to go back. He says, Jesus said that, as I mentioned, this dominates the thoughts of unbelievers. So if I'm thinking this way, then I need to go back to my faith. If I'm thinking this way, then I need to go back to in question and, and, and my, my faith and align myself with God's kingdom. Remember, now listen, the God's kingdom doesn't align with us. We align with God's kingdom. The word of God doesn't align with me. I align with God's word. The, the, the promises of God don't align up with my life. I align with the promises of God. And so I got to go back and I ask myself, okay, what are the thoughts that are dominating and stealing my faith in God? And what things are dominating my heart and my mind? What is distracting me? You know, Jesus said, where's, what, where's your faith, he says. You got to go back and you got you to begin to align yourself and align yourself with the kingdom of God and say, here's the kingdom of God and according to his word and according to his promises, I look at his word and say, okay, here's God's word and I'm going to take my life and lay it over top of God's word and say, oh, wow, look, oh, I didn't realize that my thinking in this way is, is not like God's kingdom and oh, I didn't realize this behavior was not like God's kingdom. I didn't realize that this, this habit in my life isn't like God's kingdom. I didn't realize that this was contributing to my fear of the future and ultimately what was happening is that we're aligned Aligning, going back and saying, okay, I need to align my life to God's word. And when we seek God's kingdom and we put our heart in our, in our ways and our perspective of our life, what we're doing is we're bringing it before the Lord and saying, okay, God, test me. Search me. I want you to test my life. I want you to test my thinking. Uh, David made this statement. This Lord really spoke this, and I shared it on a video this week in Psalms 139, 23. David said, search me, O God. Look at this. Very fascinating. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Look at this. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Search me, God. That word search means investigate. It actually means to seek me out. Lord, come to me. Seek out these areas of my life. Dig down. The, the word literally means to dig down and find the roots. Search me, God. Test me, God. 
Lord, know my anxious thoughts. That word anxious there is the same idea, divided thoughts. It means mixed feelings. It means to have contradictions in my mind about things. Lord, know where, Lord, know my worry about today. Know my worry about tomorrow. Test it to see if I'm truly having faith in you. Am I really aligning myself to your kingdom? And then he goes even deeper in the next verse, in verse 24, he says, point out. Everyone say, point out. Point out anything in me that offends you. This word offends has two meanings. The first meaning is the word idolatry. Anything in my life that has taken the place of you. Anything in my, in my journey, in, in, in my relationships, my finances, God, idolatry, anything that's just taken the place. God, anything that I begin to worship over you, money, career, future, protection, me being in control, me watching everything, me being the God of my life and making sure that I've got all my ducks in a line when in reality it's just going to end in failure. So you may as well just give it to Jesus in the first place. And so we say, okay, he says, point out the things in me that have taken the place of God. The second word is very fascinating. It actually means hurt or, or sorrow or pain. So a lot of times when we're concerned or anxious about the future, what happens is, is that we have an idea in our mind about how things will turn out. And so because we've had anxiety or worry or concern about tomorrow, we've created a picture of what it should look like. And when it doesn't turn out that way, we experience pain or grief in our lives. We experience frustration. And the big one, disappointment with God. The God, you said this was going to happen. Well, God says to you, no, actually, I didn't say that was going to happen. You made that up in your mind because you were so concerned about your future. You couldn't trust me enough. And so it's called a Hagar moment where you actually went out and did this and made that decision and went this way. And hey, son and daughter, I love you. We're going to work with that, but I need you to recognize that that's actually caused hurt in your life. The word means bitterness and offense at God, that God, things didn't work out in my life like I thought it would, and I need to go back and say, okay, God, maybe I've gotten off track a little bit, and I need my life to align to your life. I need my, my mind to align to your mind. I need my word to align to your word. And what he says this, point out everything in me that offends you. Why? This is the Old Testament way of saying kingdom. Lead me along the path of everlasting. Lead me along your path. God, I need you to search me. I need to go back and search my heart, search my mind, search my thoughts, search my intentions. God, will you point out, convict any area in me that maybe, God, I need to repent. I need to repent of trying to be God. I need to repent of trying to be first. I need to repent of trying to be in control. I need to repent. I need to go back and align my life to the life that God has for me and align my life to his kingdom. Here's the second G we have in this church. Give it back. So we need to go back, but then we need to give it back. Notice what he says in this verse. Your heavenly father already knows all your needs. One of the biggest lies in Christendom today is that God doesn't know what you need. That you're smarter, that I'm smarter than God. That the outcome that we desire is bigger and better than God's. You need to go back, get your life lined, repent of that sin of allowing something else to be first, and then we need to give it back. The care and the worry that you carry today, that belongs to the Lord. It's his job to take care of you. It's his job to help you. It's his job to partner with your family. It's his desire to provide for you and to keep you. Remember, God cares for your family and your future and your life more than you do. It's his responsibility. It's his desire as your father. It's his heart to take care of you. 
Well, sometimes my kids, when they go into, you know, sometimes they've been raising some money and saving money. They're going, Dad, I want to buy something. And I'm like, no, you're not buying that. I want to buy it for you. Like, I want to bless you. I don't want you to have to work in this, in this moment. Stop working your mind and stop thinking you got to do it on your own. He cares so much for you. He wants to provide for you. He wants to take care of you. In fact, he wants to blow your mind. The Bible says that he wants to do above and beyond all that you can ask or dream, or imagine according to the power that's at work in your life. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Do you know that God cares for you? You need to give it back to him. Stop holding on to stuff that's not yours. Your future doesn't belong to the Lord. Or doesn't belong to you, rather. It belongs to the Lord. All you guys are like, man, Ryan's a false teacher. <laughs> there it is. He cares for you. Look at this. 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all your worries, same word, and your cares to God. Why? He cares about you. He cares about you. He's present with you. He cares about your life. He cares about your children. I just want to encourage you for a moment. All that's going on, I know a lot of people are getting sick. A lot of people are at home today, get, you know, they're sick. In Jesus' name, we pray for healing. Everyone in Love City Church, be healed in the name of Jesus. I want to tell you something. We need to use wisdom. Yes, you need to be a good steward of your health. Can I just encourage you not to live according to fear? Don't disengage from relationships with people or disengage from the body of Christ or the house of God because you're afraid. God cares about your family and your health. Now, I'm not saying run into a leprosy colony and say, I'm free. You know, I'm not saying walk into the ER and, you know, start licking poles and stuff. Don't be stupid. But I want to encourage you today. You need to give back your worry to the Lord. You need to give it back to him because this word cast here, to give, literally is, is the idea of me taking something and throwing it at God. God wants you to throw it at him. <laughs> he wants you to take this concern about your relationship and he wants you to throw it at him. <laughs> he wants you to take your concern about your finances and just say, okay, God, it's yours. Take it back, God. I don't want it anymore. I'm gonna roll this back onto you. And he says, finally, now I can take care of you. Now I can partner with you. Now I can help you. Uh, he, he wants you to give it back to your heavenly father's arms. He knows what you want. He knows what you need. He knows what you desire. He knows your life. He knows your future. He is on omnipresent. He's omniscient. He knows exactly. He knows every single day written uh, in, uh, in his book about your life. He sees you when you wake up. He sees you when you go to sleep. God knows you. God cares about you. So stop holding on to what's his. Give it back to God. Give it back to him. And he'll cause the Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, I was going to read it, but I'll, I'll just quote it. It says, don't be anxious for anything, but in all things with prayer and supplication Give those concerns to the Lord. Then, it, then you will experience peace that surpasses all understanding. Here's the last one here this morning. And I can have, uh, Lan, if you want to come up now, it'd be great. Thanks. Here's the third one. Go forward in Jesus' name. <laughs> got to go back. We've got to look at our life and say, okay, Lord, search me. In this next fasting season, Lord, where have I allowed idolatry in my life, or where have I not aligned to your kingdom? Where have I been hurt by my journey, and is it holding me back? So that's the first thing, Lord. Second thing, God, I want to I give it back to you. I'm just going to give it back, Lord. It's yours. And the third thing, come on, now it's time to go forward. See, worry and concern about today and tomorrow, you know what it does? It doesn't allow you to go forward. 
because you're stuck. Well, I, I can't be stuck in next week. If I'm in next week, I'm not living today. You got you to gotta go forward. You got to walk forward. You got to move forward. Jesus, okay, I've explained all this to you, but now you need to seek first my kingdom above all else. I need you to seek first the kingdom of God. This is a call to the disciple to an undistracted pursuit of his true goal, which is God's kingdom. The concerns and the worries of our lives are just distractions, and they must give way to God's kingdom. And Jesus wants to assure us that if we put God's kingdom ahead of everything else, he promises us he will give you everything that you need. Come on, I want you to read that again. He will, come on, say will. He will give you everything that you need. He will give you everything that you need. He will give you everything that you need. Better than you can. He will give you everything that you need if you seek first, if you go ahead in the kingdom of God. You go ahead. You move forward. Go forward in pursuing God. Go forward in reading his word. Go forward in spending time in community in our groups. Go forward to the things of God knowing, yes, there's concerns in my life. Yes, I'm worried about tomorrow. Yes, there's things in my life. I don't know what the outcome's going to be, but I'm going to move forward and put God's kingdom first. And I want, you, I want to encourage you to watch. Watch what happens. I've been telling people this. who have been talking to me and people are talking about life. And, and they say, yeah, I, the Lord told me to do this. I said, now watch. Watch what God does. Watch how God provides. Document it. Get your journal out. Get a piece of paper out. Say, okay, God, I'm not going to worry about my finances any longer. Yes, I'm going to be steward, good steward. And yes, I'm going to do the right things. But God, I'm not going to be concerned about those things anymore. I'm going to step back and I'm going to put you first. God, I'm going to trust in you. You watch. You document what God does with your finances. You say, God, my marriage or my children, you watch. Watch how God ministers to their life. Watch how God speaks to them. Watch how God takes precedence in their heart. Watch God. Document it and watch what God will do do in your life. He provides. Watch how he takes care of you. He protects your children. He keeps you from disease. He helps you from times of trouble. He secures your future. He guides you. He gives you wisdom. He helps you. He takes care of you. He provides for you. He partners with you. He loves taking care of his children. He just wants you to move forward. And I wanted to read this verse to you today as we end our time together. In Psalms chapter 91, and many of you know it, but I want you to read it because so many things we're concerned about and scripture promises us that if we seek first his kingdom, he takes care of us. But you put your eyes on the screen online. Put your eyes on, on this scripture today. Look what it says in Psalms 91. I love this verse. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter. Look at this. The promise for the Lord, no evil will conquer you. Look at this. I want you to follow this with me now. Are you ready? No plague. No sickness. No disease. Will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. 
and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone and you will trample upon lions and cobras and you will crush fierce lions and serpents on your feet. That's never happened to me, but one day it'd be kind of sweet to step on a cobra's face. The Lord said, I will rescue those who love me. Look at this. I will protect, say protect. Protect those who trust in my name when they call on me, when they seek me, when they put me first. I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them salvation. Come on, somebody. That's what God does for those who seek first his kingdom. You say, all right, Lord, I'm going to go back. I'm going to align my life. Lord, I'm going to look at your kingdom and your word and say, okay, God, just my life, is there some uh, lack of faith in my life? Some unbelief in my heart? Some areas in my life where I've allowed these things to take precedence over you. Have I allowed these things to happen? I'm going to go back. I'm going to repent. I encourage you. Use that word. Repent. I repent. I take a turn in my life. And God, I'm going to give it back to you. I'm going to lay my concerns at your feet. I'm going to throw them at you. And God, I'm going to move forward in life. I'm going to move forward seeking your kingdom. I'm going to trust in you, knowing that you'll protect me, you'll keep me, you'll help me in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, bow your head real quick. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for anybody in the room today, firstly, who feels like they've just um, been in a season where they're lacking faith in God. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus here today, and it's just your faith has gone, uh, gone dry, your faith's gone gone weak in this season, or maybe you don't know the Lord and you're watching online, you're in the room, you don't know Jesus at all, and you'd like to start a journey with him today. Come on, if you're in the room today and you just want to pray about your faith, with every eye closed, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I'm not, I'm never going to call you forward. I just want to pray for you. You're here today and I can say a prayer for you today. I can lift you up before the Lord right now. You want to know Jesus for the first time, or you want your faith to be strengthened this morning. Come on, just put your hand boldly in the air today. I won't call you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. Please say, Ryan, I just feel like that's for me today. I want prayer today. Come on, be bold by faith today. Put your hand up in the air. I want to pray for you. Come on, Father, right now I pray, Holy Spirit, for every person who raised their hand today, God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come, God, and that you would minister to their heart and to their mind and that you would speak to them and that you would remind them, God, that you care for them and you love them and that you are with them. For those in the room and those online who've given their life to Jesus Christ for the very first time, the Bible says that if I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. And so we pray today, God, wherever they are, in the room or at home, online, they would make a confession of faith in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, and they would turn their life to you today in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Come on, everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.